G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. David Robertson is my guest and he's launched a new initiative which has at its heart the concept of asking, seeking and knocking. And they've released a new website for the Ask Project which is designed to be a place where people can ask questions. It's an opportunity to ask, seek and knock. The website has five sections, engaging with history, science, Bible, music and law, and they're preparing to add health, sex and gender, Islam, education, politics and literature. And what adds depth is that each section has a consulting editor and will make available a mixture of articles, book reviews and videos. It means the questions seekers ask can be addressed by qualified people with a view of introducing people to Christ. David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with the Sydney Anglicans. He originates from Scotland and writes for newspapers, magazines, and is author of a number of books, including The Dawkin Letters and Engaging with Atheists. The website is ask.org.au, and uh, on the homepage there is a space for you to ask a question. And uh, if you want to uh, uh, find out more, uh, check out that website, but we've got David joining us on the line today. Welcome along, David. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks. It's great to be with you. It's uh, lovely Scottish weather here in Sydney, <laughs> basically wet, windy and rain. <laughs> All ready for the uh, Rugby League Grand Final on Sunday, hey? Absolutely. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I hardly knew what Rugby League was before I came here, but uh, I've, I'm really into Rugby league, well, particularly into cricket, actually, to be honest. You like the cricket? Okay. Well, look, I lo- love the cricket. Well, I haven't I did, quite got into AFL yet, but... Yep. Well, I did live in England for six months when I was a kid, and I remember going to Trent Bridge to watch the cricket. Have you been there in the UK? N- no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've mm. been... You know, I'm, I'm in Scotland. We don't really have... Well, we do have a cricket team, yeah. um, but... I, I, long before I came to Australia, I decided I would support Australia because I just couldn't support England. But oh, good on I am... I loved. It was either Australia or New Zealand, so I was. I was glad I chose the Aussies. Very good. And being a Sydney boy, have you have you chosen Parramatta or the Panthers for Sunday? Um, I'm afraid I, I I am trying to stay out of this one, but I'm going for Parramatta. You're going for Parramatta. There you go. I got a couple of good mates that are Parramatta supporters, so I think I'm leaning towards them. But there's there's a few Christian boys in both the teams, so uh, we'll be praying for yeah. all of them, hey? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, I mean, the, the level of interest in sport uh, in a wide variety of sports here I find fascinating. Mm. But also the level of Christian involvement, particularly you know from the Islanders, which I think is fa- fabulous. Yes, I've yes. met some of the guys; they're great. Mm. Yeah, we certainly need more Christian role models in sport. Absolutely. Uh, now let's find out a bit of your story uh, in Scotland. You were you were raised in Scotland. Tell us about uh, your faith journey. Were you raised in a religious household, or how did you how did you come to Christ? Sure, my dad was a farm worker. My mother was uh, a nurse. Um, I grew up on a farm, um, largely in the Scottish Highlands. Uh, they were Christian brethren. They went uh, to the Brethren Church. Uh, I kind of rejected all that when I was about eleven or twelve years old, and then. Uh, 
much to my annoyance, I was converted when I was 16. <laughs> so um, I, I had not expected to be a Christian. I did not want to be a Christian. And uh, when I was converted, I tried to be a secret Christian. But that's if you're following the Lord, that's kind of impossible. So, um, yeah, since I was 16. So that's a wee while ago. Mm, there you go. And you're a good Presbyterian uh, minister, I understand? Uh, well, good. I'm not sure about good. Uh, I, I had a very interesting journey because I became a Christian. And um, what happened was that uh, we found that people would come to our house and they'd be converted. You know, So we had a lot of young people. Um, you know, sometimes we'd have 30 or 40 people in our house. Uh, and my parents had nothing to do with this. They were just amazed at all these teenagers turning up to study the Bible and becoming Christians. And we went to a variety of churches. So I was very mixed. I went to a local church of Scotland, which was a Presbyterian church because there was a girl there I really liked. It wasn't a very spiritual motive. Um, when I went down to Edinburgh, I was baptized in a Baptist church and stayed there for a couple of years. More than that, I was a youth leader there. And then uh, I became uh, I ended up going to what's called the Free Church of Scotland, which is a Presbyterian church, a kind of conservative, theologically Presbyterian church. At that time, it was um, a cappella psalms only. And I was there when I was 21. They asked, would I consider going in for the ministry? And I went to their college. I was utterly amazed that I got a call to a small rural church in the Scottish Highlands uh, when I was 24. And I've been a minister then ever since. And as for a good one, others will have to judge that. <laughs> so I do have a little bit of uh, a recollection of hearing some quotes uh, from John Knox, the founder of the Presbyterian Church. I think someone said of him, was it Mary, Queen of Scots, may have said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all of the armies of Europe. Would that be a, a correct That's quote? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was Mary, yeah, Mary, Queen of Scots, yeah. Yep. It was, you know, I mean, Scotland's had a tremendous Christian heritage, and, if, and uh, much of that heritage has come over to Australia as well. I mean, I was just looking at the latest census data, and something like 9% of Australians are, are of Scottish heritage, which is a phenomenal number. Mm. Um, and you see our influence everywhere because, um, well, Brisbane was is from uh, a, a, a Scottish uh, man and, you know, there's lots of MacArthur, mm. um, lo lots and lots of others, Sutherland, just loads of places everywhere I go, there's kind of Scottish names. It's quite funny because I was ministered in Dundee for 27 years and someone said, Dundee, oh, is that like named after Crocodile Dundee? I said, no, nah, it's, it's kind of like 800 years old. I think we were there first. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's funny. Well, I've got a, a worship pastor uh, and his wife, uh, Abadonians. So, uh, we, Abadonians. We, we have the Scottish accent quite a lot in our church, laddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's well, a terrible... <laughs> That is a, that was that's, that was a terrible one, but Thank that's you. okay. We'll let you off with that. You wait till I do an Aussie accent. You know? <laughs> now I'm curious about your blog site. Uh, the, the title yeah. of your blog site is theweeflee.com, the w e e f l e a dot com. Tell us why you came up with that title for your blog. Okay, well, this is just. A, I mean, I was a, I would say, a fairly ordinary pastor in a Presbyterian church in Dundee in Scotland at that time. And uh, Richard Dawkins came out with his book, The God Delusion. And I wrote a response to it, uh, which became The Dawkins Letters. And somewhat bizarrely, it became a bestseller, particularly in non-Christian bookshops. So, um, but anyway, the, the, the reason that came about was I'd read Dawkins' book and I went, um, 
and, and I wrote a review of it. And I started getting all these emails from atheists and I was a bit surprised because I'd written the review on the Free Church website and <laughs> it was quite funny because this man wrote me and he said, Dear David, I'm sorry for everything that they're saying about you. He said, I am an atheist. I don't agree with you, but I don't think they should call you those names. And I wrote back to him and said, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, you're on the Dawkins website. I didn't even know there was a Dawkins website. So I went on to it and my article had been posted there on the front page. Yeah. And by the time I got to it, there'd been 600 responses. By oh. the time I left, there were 7,000 responses. Oh, my goodness. Um, the mo I think the most they've ever had. And I, I just, they, they were so angry with me. So uh, anyway, some, you know, a third were okay. A third were like, well, we don't agree with you. But a third were like, I, today I think we'd call it hate speech. I, I think I would report them to Dan Andrews or something. Yeah. But um, they, they uh, so Dawkins banned me. And uh, he, I decided, no, you're not getting away with this because, you know, it's your guys who are attacking me. I'm not attacking them. So he banned me because it was just getting way out of hand. And I don't think he liked it. And he certainly didn't like the book. And he then described myself, uh, Alistair McGrath from the University of Oxford, Professor John Lennox from the same university, and I think there was a Catholic writer. He described us as fleas living off a dog's back, quoting the poet W.H. Auden. Uh. And uh, when I got banned, I thought, yeah, I'm not getting away with this. I'm coming back. And my denomination was known as the Free Church. And in Scotland, it was the We Frees is what we were known. And I took a gamble that... Um, Dawkins would not know Scottish church history. So I called myself the wee flea, came back as a pseudonym and had lots of fun for another three months until he found out and banned me again. <laughs> but the name stuck, the nickname stuck, the wee flea. And uh, I ended up I ended up having a blog with that. That's where I put all my writings and a lot of different stuff. Um, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And it's funny, that's how a lot of people know me. I was, uh, I think I was, it might've been in Melbourne somewhere in Victoria anyway, and uh, this guy sat beside me and said, oh, you're from Scotland. He says, oh, I, I read this guy called the Wee Flea. And I said, well, before you go any further, I better tell you I am the Wee Flea. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I don't always agree with you. I said, I write the Wee Flea. I don't always agree with me either. But it's just, you know, I, 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 it was just a way of thinking out loud. And yeah. God has blessed it, and it's, it's grown enormously, which has been wonderful to see. Well, it's great to hear uh, that you've uh, taken on um, Richard Dawkins in the book The Dawkins Letters so people can search that up or another book you've written called Engaging with Atheists um, out of curiosity have you seen any atheists come to Christ through, through your books? Oh absolutely yeah. uh, I mean what, what was wonderful was um, on the Dawkins one this was really very very funny as well uh, and I do think the Lord has a sense of humour so I was uh, speaking at a conference in Spain which is was nice work, you know. And this phone call came to me, and uh, they said it was from the Free Church offices saying, "Dave, you better go and have a look at the website. There's this atheist. We don't know if he's for real." And it was a man who came on, and he said, "I'm a sad and lonely atheist. I'm on the Dawkins website. Can you help me?" So I I wrote and said, "Do you want to do this in private or in public?" He says, "No, we'll do it in public." And I I was really suspicious, kind of a troll type thing. So I said, what's your problem? And he said, well, you know this. He said, I'm a, he was a musician. He lived in France. And he said, I joined in all the attacks on you on the Dawkins website. And then he said, I just realized I didn't want to be with these people. They were nasty and they were horrible. 
um, what they did, you know, what they were calling you, how they were mocking um, people who had died and all this kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, maybe he is for real. So I, I wrote him two questions. I just said, why are you not a Christian and what would you stop you what would stop you becoming a Christian? And he went away and I got back after the weekend and there was a, a message saying, I've become a Christian. And what he did was he, he went and he printed out every single post I'd written on the Dawkins website. And I'd written loads. I mean, I wasted so much of my time arguing people. Have you ever seen that cartoon with the, the guy sitting at his laptop shouting up to his wife, can't come to bed yet, dear, there's someone wrong on the internet. You know? <laughs> well, well, I was that person. I was answering everything and it just nearly exhausted me. I mean, that's how I got the book out of it as well. But um, but anyway, he posted all these out. He sat down, as he said, with his Galois and his wine on his balcony and read through them all. And he, he, dis, he had a wonderful description of conversion. He said it was like moving from a two-tone black and white world into a technicolor world. And, you know, it was just, it was just quite remarkable. And I've actually met more people who've been converted through Richard Dawkins to Christianity than the other way around. Um, and I've people used to say to you, you must hate Richard Dawkins. I said, you're kidding me. I love the guy. He's allowed me to proclaim the gospel to tens of thousands of people that I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. And God uses his word. I mean, that that's one of the great things that I absolutely believe in, that, that uh, the, the Holy Spirit takes the word and uses and applies it, even when the devil's seeking to disrupt. Mm, mm. Our guest on the line today is David Robertson, who's the director of the Ask Project. He's with the Sydney Anglicans and originally a Presbyterian minister from Scotland. Uh, he's written a number of books, including The Dawkins Letters and Engaging with Atheists. Uh, if you've got a Bible question you'd like to ask, call now 1-800-316-316. And we've got Jan from New South Wales. How are you, Jan? Okay, really okay. Thank you for asking. Yeah, good. What would you like to ask? Uh, it's essential for me... Uh, to believe in the actual resurrection of everybody's body, flesh and bone and blood, whatnot. Surely we have a, a, a finer body than that. We don't have to even bother with this blood bit, do we, when we've used it up? Good question. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, David? Jan, that, that's actually a brilliant question, um, and it's it's not a it's not a new one because it's a very common one because we would we would think like that, wouldn't we? We see our bodies decay. Um, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm sure you're younger than me. I'm I'm 60 years old now, and I've just realised I'm not 17. You know, um, and so I, I feel my body's fading a bit. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, when he talks about the resurrection of Christ, he talks about the resurrection body. And he asks your question. He says, someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. And he then goes on basically to say, it will be a physical body, but it will, it will be different. So you and I in heaven will both have perfect bodies. So I do think it's not just going to be ethereal or some kind of spiritual. I think Jesus physically rose from the dead and that we ourselves will physically rise and we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. That's what it says. But it's this tremendous hope. 
we both live, and I don't wish to be rude to you, but you and I both live in decaying bodies. When we die, we will go to be in a, a, a body that's not decaying. My father uh, died last year. He was in his 80s. His body decayed and decayed. And when he died, it was a wonderful release for him and a wonderful renewal, which is guaranteed at the resurrection. So uh, you're right. I think there's a lot of things we can't understand about it. But I just think we look to the same hope and the same resurrection as Jesus already has gone through. When I was born, one day old, I was swaddled and put with my mother, swaddled too tightly, and I I was too hot and really uncomfortable. And I knew everything that one day old baby. Anyway, I popped out of that body because it was too hot and floated around the room in a kind of facsimile of, of the physicality but finer, and I went round the room in the uh, nursing home in Oxford. I looked down and I saw my mother and the baby's body. But I was me, 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 and I had a a body which could float around and not be uh, not be a pain. Anyway, after a while, my brothers and sisters visited my mother, and they kept on looking at the baby in the next bed and I thought why are they looking over there I want them to pay attention to me I was popped back into my body into my little fleshy body I could see that this facsimile of myself was the real personality and that the no, it, 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 it possibly except as a baby you wouldn't have that and and i think the facsimile side of things i think people have very very strange experiences but we do not want to take take away from the fact that what the bible teaches is that we are body we are flesh we are mind we have emotions and so on and we are spirit and there's no question about that i, I mean i can't comment on everyone's different experience but i do know that our bodies are for real and they're very much part of of what we are and i think what jesus promises if we're going by what he says that there will be a spiritual body um but it will actually still be a body uh it's going to be raised imperishable it's not going to be flesh and blood in the sense that we now have flesh and blood but it, it will be something different but it won't just be a kind of floating spirit and I mean, you are your body, you are your mind, you are your spirit. Um, but, you know, as regards the resurrection, I uh, did a, um, I wrote a book called Magnificent Obsession about Jesus and about his resurrection. And I'll tell you what I'll do. On the Ask website, maybe today or over the weekend, I will put up the chapter on the, on the resurrection body for you. And you're welcome to have a look at it there. But it's really nice to talk to you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your call, Jen. And once again, if people want to check out that website, it is ask.org.au. Uh, thank you so much uh, for that, David. And we've got uh, Duncan from Melbourne in Victoria. How are you, Duncan? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question relates to the scripture where it says that governments are ordained of God. And the uh, principle there is that we can live peaceable and orderly lives in order to promote the gospel. And generally speaking, the, uh, the, the Christian churches are very supportive of, of governments, and whether we like their policies or not, we 
We obey the, the command in Scripture to pray for our governments, uh, which what happened to us in COVID with the, not just the restriction, but the removal of our civil liberties, uh, that's, that's caused me and so many others a lot of pain and heartache uh, and distress. Um, and I, I'm somewhat acquainted with the writings of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I recently came across this quote from him, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, not is to act. Now, I have thought that the, the Christian church has actually been a little bit too uh, forgiving and accepting of uh, the restrictions imposed on all of us, um, the, the secular and the religious alike. But um, the... Uh, the meeting of, of churches, uh, assembly, was prohibited um, after things like sporting events were opened up. And I would like to ask um, your view. Has the church been too silent um, in, in preserving, uh, protecting our civil liberties, and by complying with the uh, regulations and the rules of government, have we been complicit in the hurt that has been inflicted upon the vulnerable members of our society, you know, the lonely, the the, the sick, the, the young who have been cut off from social contact and whose mental health has suffered accordingly, as we all know? Good question, Duncan. Now, uh, we've only got about uh, 90 seconds till the news, uh, uh, David, so maybe give a short uh, response, and we can unpack that a bit more after the news. But yeah, go for it, David. Yeah, no, no. The, the, the easy answer to your question, Duncan, is yes. Um, I, I think we have been too silent and complicit in some things. Now, the, the passages you refer to are uh, in Romans 13, where we submit ourselves to the governing authorities, and in First Timothy, where we are to pray. Now, we must pray for our leaders, no matter whether we agree with them or not, and we must submit to them except insofar as they go against the word of God. And also in a democracy, as Australia is still just, uh, well, um, it, there's a tendency moving towards much more authoritarianism. We need to stand and speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. And uh, we often have voices. And I do think, I agree with you, I do think that we've been too complicit at watching the erosion of basic liberties taken away from us um, you could argue for very, very good reasons, but nonetheless, uh, the basic premise of what you're saying is, I think, correct. So Absolutely. thank you for that. Got Rowan from the Gold Coast. Hey, mate, what would you like to ask? Um, so I just had a very quick question. Um, I've, I've actually looked at the Ask website, and, and I've seen there's quite a lot on science, and I'm, I'm very, because uh, I'm a scientist myself, and I'm, I'm currently doing theology too. So I'm really keen. Uh, I've been recently been researching a lot on uh, Islamic religion and uh, learning Islam quite a lot, because I feel I have a passion for these people to reach out to Islam. Um, and I've come through something called Busaism. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but... Uh, uh, basically, this is kind of, uh, it's a name given after a French surgeon um, who kind of proved that there's a lot of concept in science that has uh, been proven, like has been told, for, has been foretold in the Quran. And, and he kind of points out a lot of 
things from the Quran that are in modern science. And uh, they said, oh, they couldn't possibly know that a long time ago. Uh, so my question would be, from looking into science from biblical perspective, would there be anything that uh, from from you know? Because I'm not too sure. I haven't researched a lot on that. But would there be any uh, kind of uh, you know scientific discovery that is complemented by uh, you know the Bible, like from from all the times? That that would be my question. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question, Rowan, and uh, I I would love if we had another hour and a half to go into that. So, um, what I would just simply suggest to you is, yes, there's quite a lot. I mean, I know the Islamic thing there, and there's just a couple of things I would say about that. Number one, uh, a fair amount of the Quran and so on came from uh, Muhammad's awareness of Christianity and Jewish teaching, both uh, you know the Old Testament and the New Testament. Secondly, you are going to get some things right, you know. So the Bible, for example, says that the universe had a beginning. And up until the middle of the 20th century, many scientists would have said, no, 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 the universe was eternal. Well, it turned out the Bible was right on that. There are other things as well um, uh, that you could look at. The Bible's not a science textbook, but the science within it, if you like, I think is... um, Correct. And the whole basis of science is based upon a biblical foundation. In other words, the Bible says that there is order and uh, and uniformity within the universe. You couldn't do science unless you accepted that. And, fa- and that is why science itself, Western science as we know it, arose out of, yes, it did come out of Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, the great monotheistic religions, because all three of them taught that there was order and unity in the universe. Uh, I do think on on this question, there's an Australian guy called Samuel Green. He's got some great stuff on Islam, including, uh, if I remember rightly, he's got at least one YouTube video on Islam and science, which I would highly recommend to you. But um, just the only only other thing I'd say on this subject would simply be this. I heard uh, David Wilkinson, I think, was a physicist, is a physicist in the University of Durham, and I heard him give a talk in the University of St. Andrews, and somebody said to him, are you saying then that science proves God? And he said, no, but I'm saying that science points to God. And I think there are many pointers in science which would lead us towards believing in a real God. And you've seen the website. We've just started putting stuff. The website is literally just a couple of weeks old. And or I've got a professor of science from Western Sydney who's putting articles up, and the two he's put up at the moment, the third we'll put up next week, all deal with that kind of issue, how science points us to God rather than away from him. So it's a great question, great comment, appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your call, Rowan. And if you'd like to call through, maybe you've got a question, our guest is David Robertson, the director of the Ask Project with the Sydney Anglicans. And you can go to the website ask.org.au. Uh, they tackle a whole bunch of uh, real-world questions with real-word answers. And uh, we've got Leonie from Victoria joining us on the line. How are you, Leonie? Any better and I'd be dangerous, dear heart. <laughs> Good to hear. Uh, have you got a question or a comment? I have a joke for you, David, that you, you might like. That uh, God gives me jokes all the time. But this one is of some relevance to what you're talking about. And I normally address it to atheists and agnostics as well as uh, to believers because then it strengthens the believers and they're able to push it on to other people. And hopefully the atheists and agnostics will take a better look at the Bible. Um, it's about Noah's Ark. 
And one of the things about Noah's Ark that so many people get wrong is that it wasn't a dove that came out first. It was, of course, the raven. Now, um, God has a sense of humor. He created us, etc. But uh, with the raven, Genesis chapter 8, verse 7, I always tell people, uh, the raven has a distinct noise, which everybody understands. But the funny thing about it is it sounds like, ark, ark. <laughs> it is. It. God's in mind. No, no copyright. Oh, and the funny thing about the Scottish stuff, um, living in Australia, I have a friend who's Scottish, and I said to him one day, just before church started, David, I love everything Scottish except your blooming thistles. And he says, oh, I know, and they grow bigger over here. Thanks very much, mate. (laughs) Well, you know, the thistles are great because the thistles warn you. So when the English were attacking Edinburgh Castle, the garrison were woken up by the English stepping on thistles. So, you know, there's always there's a good purpose for everything. And listen, Leone, I would just simply say there's a good purpose for bad jokes as well. Uh, you know, and the Lord gives us, you know, that, I mean, that is quite funny, actually. Uh, but it's, you know, just on a, on a more serious issue, actually, I think you, you can use humour a lot uh, and it can help break down barriers. Um, I was reminded of the Baptist preacher, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who this woman came up to him and said, Mr. Spurgeon, you use far too much humour in the pulpit. And he looked at her and said, Madam, you may be right, but you should be thankful for what I don't use. (laughs) I I, I, I sometimes feel like that. I sometimes feel that, you know, we go too far. But uh, as as jokes go, that that wouldn't make it into my top 10, but it might get into my book of Bible jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Leone. God bless. God bless. And if you'd like to call through with a question or a comment or maybe a joke, uh, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. And uh, we've got Kerry from Horsham in Victoria. How are you, Kerry? Very well, thank you. What's your question today? Uh, probably, first, I just want to say hi to David. I've actually got to spend uh, four months of my life in my 20s in Scotland, so it has a real special place in my heart. Um, and, yeah, I just love hearing your um your accent, of course. It's lovely to hear that Scottish accent. Yeah, thank you. Kerry, I, Kerry, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. I don't have an accent. <laughs> I, I speak English as she, was, as she was spoken in the Garden of Eden and, and as you will speak in the Kingdom of Heaven as well. So, no, it's... Um, yeah, good to hear that humour coming through. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's lovely to to hear you as well. And you know, like the the countries God has placed us in, and everything that's happened, there's always a purpose. I love it in when Paul in Acts says that he placed us where we were meant to be in order, you know, that he would reach out and speak to every one of us. And uh, I find it an enormous privilege to be a, a Scottish person here in Australia and being able to share the gospel and meeting people of so many different backgrounds. What I love about the Bible, what I love about the church and everything else is we are the most multicultural organization in the world for real, you know, and we have the basis of equality and everything else. And although I joke about Scotland being the elect, um, that you need to know about Scots that we, we, we deprecate ourselves enormously. We just think everyone else is, is, is just as bad, if not worse than us. But in reality, all of us are human beings made in the image of God, and all of us are offered the gospel, and I think that's wonderful. So it's lovely to hear you. 
Thank you. Yes, well, I had a wonderful experience in the in the Church of Scotland or the Kirk of Scotland when I was there. I was obviously, oh well, a lot younger than I am now, so I was in my 20s and didn't know anybody apart from the people I was working for and um, just went along to church as you do when you're in any country in the world as a Christian and um, met these lovely people. I joined their Bible study group and the thing I suppose I, I was I would ask you a question about is um, that was a, I was a new Christian, but it was also it was the first time I'd come across people that were more um, into Christian meditation, which was wonderful because I hadn't encountered that yet here in Australia, and that really helped me to um, yeah open my eyes to um, meditating on Christ. And then, of course, later on, as I travelled uh, years later, I also went to Taizé in France to um, experience that that there as well, the meditative um, Christianity. So um, there's a, is there a strong history of meditative Christianity in Scotland, would you say? Possibly not in the sense that you're speaking about, but in this sense there is. I would say that the Bible itself talks about how we should meditate, particularly on God's Word. And I have found myself enormous benefit in memorising. So at the moment I'm memorising Isaiah chapter 40, and it's one of those chapters that you read and you think you know. But when you start to memorize it and have to repeat it back, it helps you reflect and think upon God and his glory. So I think in all Christian traditions, there has been this contemplative, meditative aspect. The, the danger sometimes is it becomes self-absorbed. And so I think when we that, that's why I think that there's this emphasis on meditating on uh, God's word, meditating on the beauty of Christ and also on the creation and everything around us. So I, I, I wouldn't say it was particularly Scottish, but I would say that the, the, that has been in every form of Christianity um, since the beginning, since, you know, and, and I think it's an important thing to do, I think, to especially in our world, to slow down, step back, you know, just think yeah. um, and, and meditate on, on the beauty of Christ. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. Absolutely. And, you know, we used to light a candle and then pray and, um, yeah, because as you know, it helps to have a focus, so whether that's the word of Jesus or, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, that as I said, that was the first time I'd ever experienced that as a new Christian. And, it, yeah, it was wonderful to do that and just to be welcomed into, you know, um, people's homes from another, another country, another culture. And I found that, uh, as I'm sure you have over the your lifetime as well, that when you travel somewhere and you meet up with Christians, it's just like we're big. We're a big family. We're a big family worldwide. Yeah. yeah so it's interesting because we, we 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 called the we called the the website or, or what I do. It's it's. I mean, my my job. I want to. I'm a Scottish Presbyterian who comes from a brethren background who was baptized in a Baptist church and has got friends in lots of different churches and happy to go and speak anywhere. Um, uh, and I work with Sydney Anglicans. But my my aim was basically just to get people to think and to to inquire and so on. And this whole ask, seek, knock, the ask bit is asking questions or being asked questions. The seeking bit is, if you like, our heart's longing. But the knocking for me is almost the meditation. It's 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 reflecting on the answers that we get. I I don't believe, and I don't want you people to think that our website is kind of like a Christian wiki that you put in a question and out comes the answer and everything's fine. The aim is to get people to think, and and, and you're right, the, the, the meditative aspect, to, to think and to reflect and to see the beauty as well as the rationality and the goodness of, of Christianity and of Christ, of course. Lovely, thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for your thank call, you. Kerry. God bless. You too. Thank you. Now, David, our time is almost up, but let's just uh, have a, a couple of uh, just a couple of little uh, conversations about the, the website. So once again, the website is ask.org.au, and uh, people can go there. Uh, now, you're also going to be uh, planning to work across social media, TikTok and YouTube, I understand? Yeah, we do. Um, I already do, uh, for example, uh, we put this up just now, I do a thing called, we did Coffee and Job, and now we do Coffee and Revelation. And basically every weekday at five o'clock in the afternoon, Sydney time, we put up a five-minute um, thing working through the book of Revelation. We're into Revelation 17. And uh, people can go back through the earlier ones as well. So we do that. We're looking at setting up TikTok fairly soon. The idea with the website, people can write in their own questions. They can make their own comments. It's meant to be very user-friendly for non-Christians. There'll be some stuff that's particularly for Christians, but that will be for members only. You know, there'll be some maybe... um, in-house stuff with looking at where the churches are or how do Christians reach out to Muslims and all that kind of stuff as well. And that will be members only, but the website itself should be open for everybody. And we, we basically, we're trying to be as multi-media uh, as possible. Now, we're at, we, as I say, we're at a, a not embryonic, we're at, we've, we've just been born, so it'll take us a while to, to grow and develop. But I've been very pleased with it so far and the responses. And the idea is that it will be like a communal thing that Christians and, and others from all over Australia will just feel free and beyond, actually, will just feel free to um, contribute towards it. And the more that contribute, the better it is. Fantastic. And I also uh, noticed you've got your own YouTube channel. I've just searched yeah. that up as well. And you've uh, got a whole bunch of content there. So people can search up David Robertson on YouTube to check out the uh, uh, the channel there, uh, and you've got links there on the website. Uh, so if people want to find out more, once again, the website is ask.org.au, and uh, there's lots of uh, topics there, lots of questions you can ask, and uh, also a podcast as well. People, uh, I encourage people to check that out because you know, as as believers, you know, we need to be equipped to share our faith. We need to be uh, equipped to be able to answer all the hard questions people ask us. And uh, it's uh, so good to see uh, this uh, wonderful new website's been launched. Uh, David, it's been awesome having you on the radio with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. God bless. Well, it has. It's been, well, sorry, it hasn't been awesome, but it's been (laughs) awesome for me to be with you, which is great. The the only other thing I would mention as as I leave is I do a weekly podcast called Quantum of the We Flee, which basically looks at news and views from a Christian worldview. And and, uh, there's a lot of listeners in Australia to that. So again, all the links are there, but it actually has been a a joy being with you. And thanks to the folks who phoned in as well. The, The questions were interesting. It was great. Fantastic. Good on you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. God bless. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.